welcome to another thrilling season of Truth and Reconciliation. It's the Pellwood Fantasy Football League podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. It is great to have you with us. Peter, how are you, sir? It's a little hard to believe that we're here. You right? Know? Yeah. Like, and there, there's been so much pandemic going on for yeah. so long that nothing seems real. Nope. Nothing seems normal. Nope. And now it's like... Oh, hey, our draft is in two days, and that's something that we normally do. Yeah. Um, and now it won't look exactly like normal, but still, it's hard to believe that we're here. Yeah. And it's exciting. You know, it's like waking up from a, a slumber of pandemic monotony to, yeah. hey, this is something exciting, right? You're absolutely right. I mean, we've kind of been in pandemic hibernation. There's been a lot of what ifs. Is the NFL even going to play? Are we going to be able to do fantasy football? We've been able to count on so little on the calendar because things change day by day that I know that in conversations you and I have had, we have yet to even really put our hopes in the, the fact that there may be a season. We de- de- Definitely some skepticism about sure. whether the season will happen or not. I mean, baseball opened and started playing games and I think they were in their first weekend. Like there were three games in and eight players on the Marlins yeah. had tested positive or something like that. So that like shut down the Marlins for a couple of weeks and they didn't play any games. And it's yeah. like, you know, if that happens with football, you're talking about, you know, one sixteenth of the season. It's, it's a big chunk of the season gone just by missing one game. So, uh, it's have a really big impact. So we'll see what happens, but sure. definitely reason to question yeah. whether it's going to happen or not. Well, here we are two days away and whether or not the entire season wraps up the way we think it will or if it's modified or whatnot, what we do have is the draft. Oh, yes. And you and I are a, a big proponent of the auction draft. Many of our listeners will recall we might have spent a few minutes in the past the auction draft and why it's better than all things anything else fantasy football. Uh, I will refrain only a little tonight in the same vein, but... We have that, and that to me is enough of a, an event, enough of something to get excited about, worth putting a little effort and energy into preparation, that I am, I've got my hopes up just a little bit. And tell you the truth, being down here in H-Town, watching this hurricane came, come through, I had no idea whether or not I was going to even have electricity this weekend, let alone be able to participate fully in the draft, because when a hurricane hits locally, my job shifts into recovery mode. And I thought I was going to be out and about mucking people's houses out uh, this time on Saturday. And so I, I counted a blessing. I, I'm, I'm feeling for our friends to the east of us that are not in the same spot that we are. But we dodged a bullet down here. I, I did go out and buy a generator last week. So I, I, I in theory, could have drafted from a, <laughs> uh, from a carbon monoxide laden garage. <laughs> so, but worth it. <laughs> worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I'm thankful to be in a position where I can draft this weekend. So I'm looking forward to that. How are you feeling now? So the call it, you know, the, the snowball has been pushed off the mountain, if you will, for you and I, we've got preparations going on. We've been getting our database tools and spreadsheets ready. How do you feel about your readiness ahead of Saturday? I, I feel like in prior years and who knows how it'll pan out in prior years, I may have had information overload, Whereas this year, I think my information is much more focused. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know as much, but I think I know what I want to what I want to know hmm. coming into the draft. So I, it'll be a little bit of a different approach. I think like in years past, I've you know read 
team previews for all 32 NFL teams or listen to a podcast, you know, one for every NFL team about every fantasy relevant player, which I think might just be too much. It's it a little bit hard to a little hard to process all that information. Sure. So I feel I feel much lighter coming into the draft <laughs> this year and you know m- m- maybe learning a page from those who just just wing it and you know yeah. do, do do just fine just winging it anyway so uh you know a, a little of a, a blend of the uh really really in-depth research process to the uh more focused uh, getting uh getting what you want out of the draft process so hmm. that's very interesting i told you last week that i don't think i've ever had a more of a plan more of a strategy going into the draft, but I would agree with you. I don't necessarily feel like the breadth of my knowledge across the teams is as deep. I, I, I feel like I know the players that I need to know and I know what they're worth. Right. Like that to me, I'm like, okay, I've got, I've got some depth chart in my brain. I've got some values in my brain and that's enough. But ultimately I have a strategy. I have more of a specific strategy, targeted strategy that I'm going for than I ever have before. And for that reason, I'm a little nervous uh, because in the past I've gone in with a little bit more of a, all right, I've got player knowledge and I'll just see who I get. In this case, I'm going, all right, I know exactly how I want to play this draft. I know exactly what I, what I would call uh, come Saturday afternoon, walk away with a win. I know what that looks like. I know what, if, if I walk away discouraged, I know why, (laughs) like, like I've got, (laughs) I've got this thing that I'm, I'm not holding so tightly to that it has to go that way. But I am at least excited because I feel like I've finally gotten a sense of, oh, this is how I want to do it. And I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to try yeah. it out. So, All right. And, and we are doing the draft virtually this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, not able to gather in person, which is a bit of a bummer. But it, is. it, might, it might also kind of be cool because then everyone's in the same situation whereas in years past maybe we had six, seven, eight guys in one room, everyone else remote. And having just like chat on the ESPN, you know, draft lobby, which is right. not super great uh, for chatting and camaraderie purposes. Hopefully, everyone is like Zoom capable, and yep. we can get everyone on, on a Zoom call together. What's Zoom? Remind me. What is Zoom? Yeah. I, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so that we have a full a full draft room, which would be the first time we could would ever do that. Which you know that that should be pretty cool. Yeah. And I you know I think uh, that's. That's a definitely a perk, something good coming out of not being able to golf and eat and uh, fellowship in that way, but sure. a, a, a new way of doing things. And I think it, it uh, should be for the better. Yeah, I think it'll just meet, make the next time we get together all the more sweeter and something to look forward to. But in the meantime, uh, probably uh, a wiser thing to be safer. I know my wife feels better about it, and especially going into the school year. So I'm thankful that we have the technology to create camaraderie and fellowship in spite of the social distancing. Yeah. And every, every time we've drafted in person, there's always been someone who has had a technical issue, sure. which, which is, you know, a shame uh, that there could be any distraction from technical issues. And so hopefully mm-hmm. everyone having their setup at home or at their office or wherever they want to be their choice, their setup and they, you know, that won't be a distraction. Yeah. So uh, I will definitely miss the, full festivities sure. of draft day but i think this will also still be a really yeah. good experience especially because we got a really good group of guys you know yeah so. well it's a double-edged sword for me i mean i you know i love golf and love barbecue and love poker and love being with my friends uh, as much as the next guy and that is a big loss to me but my home court setup 
especially after this COVID season, which has doubled down as a an actual broadcast studio. I mean, you can maybe see in the corner of my screen the sheer amount of of technology that I have in my room. I am more and better set up for an auction draft in this space than I have ever been before. And we could probably live cast it and do a lot of other things too if my church was interested to watch us. <laughs> but but, but uh, I especially am, am I'm sitting in front of a you know 50 inch monitor right now. I mean I I am in a pretty good uh, home court setup at least for from comfort zone setup. Now, granted, does that translate to uh, a good draft? We'll we'll see. But. Yeah, home court yeah. is home the, court. Yeah, you know, the the dad inside of me also notices the uh, amount of liquor that is at toddler height on the <laughs> shelf behind. <laughs> hey, that's the whiskey collection. <laughs> All right, those are that is behind a childproof staircase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, children can't do stairs. <laughs> right, what I've heard. <laughs> anyway, so. Pete, speaking of uh, getting ready for the auction, uh, auction can be intimidating for many who have not done it before, demanding at at its finest, uh, but certainly always a learning curve. We've got some new guys in the league that I'm excited to experience the draft because we like to think that even the auction draft itself can be difficult. Auctioning with a, a league that is ours, that has a lot of savviness and a lot of experience, we believe, adds the competitive factor to the nines inside the auction draft. So tell me about the new guys in the league, what, what got them involved, how we recruited them and what's your stake on how they are feeling about going into Saturday. You know, they, they both came highly recommended. So Brian Tidd has joined the lead. He was recommended by Brock. Uh, Jared Fleming has joined the lead. He was recommended by Chris Windsor. So they both came highly recommended. They had a strong application and uh, I definitely think the overall still level of the lead has gone up uh, with their additions. I feel like mm-hmm. they know about fantasy football. They know what they're talking about and they've got some experience. I don't know what their experience is with auction drafting. And, um, you know, so that could be uh, something that'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But it's also a wild card for all of us who have been drafting right. together for a while. That's right. Because we've got you know new players at the table, and we don't know what their style is. We don't know what yeah. their you know how, how they'll draft, and so that will be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, so I'm I I feel really good about them being the lead. I you know haven't got to talk with them, and you're looking forward to having each of them join us here yeah. uh, very soon, so we can learn even more about them. Uh, but and, and we'll love to hear what their thoughts are on on the draft and you know the lead in general as they as they've joined. But I feel like already they're you know doing a great job contributing um, in the group chat, which is you know so so important to us uh, in terms of having that participation. Yeah. And uh, you can tell they know what they're talking about. So I have, I have high expectations for how the season will go. I think it'll be our most competitive season ever. Um, and you know, we, we've had, you know, last year, I think we spent a lot of time talking about how there was kind of a clear division between the incumbents and the challengers division. It was kind of like the, the top six were a clear top six for most, most of the season. Now, Charles did come from the challengers uh, division when, when <laughs> came the championship. roaring from 11th, right? but, but for most of the season, 
that that top six was a really strong clear top six. Uh, I don't think I don't think we'll have that same sort of division now, sure. and I think it'll be a really a strong year for for the lead. Really tight year for the lead. Yeah, and you're welcome, Charles. I'm predicting that 15 minutes into this podcast, you have just dropped a billions gif into the group chat. So you're welcome. <laughs> welcome for the shout out. And great moment to tip our hat. We celebrated him last year, but of course he is the returning champion coming into a dynasty season for himself uh, this year. Great, great showing. Great, great comeback, really. I think we've had one back-to-back champion in lead history. We're coming up on like year 12 now. Was that, was that Derek? No, it was uh, an old guy, not in the lead anymore, but he won it back-to-back years. And then he like quit the lead two years after that. So it's not like winning a big uh, pot in poker and then leaving the table soon after. Mm-hmm. You know, not not really cool. Not really a uh, kosher move to give us a chance to win our money back. But yeah. that, that, that's what he did. And uh, so he did win back to back years. I think that was the only time that's happened. Yeah. So pressure's on, Charles. Yep, that's right. Well, I'm kind of excited. I'm I'm sitting in the challengers this year, and it's been a while, and yeah. I, I'm excited about it. Uh, I. Uh, there was some controversy around my tie-breaking loss and the choice that I went in to the uh, playoffs with not necessarily stacking what would be considered a quote-unquote full roster and, <laughs> and the, the challenges therein to score points uh, with not wanting to drop a couple of key players that couldn't play on a given bye week or injury. And I paid for it. And nearly lost out, not quite, uh, but ended up, I think, power rank six, but uh, narrowly missed after the tiebreaker. So I'm excited to to have my own uh, underdog season <laughs> ahead of me, self-proclaimed. Can I do that? I don't know if I can do that. But I'm, yeah, doing it. I'm, yeah. I'm doing it. But, uh, it's, NFL teams do that every year. It's, That's uh, true. No, nobody believed in us except for the guys in this locker yeah. room trying to speech. It's it's very very powerful. Yeah, very it's quite motivated. A, it's quite for, a trope. Yeah, it's all over Disney <laughs> Plus right now. It's, it's it's quite a trope for sure. Well, guys, welcome to the league. We're excited to have both of y'all. I agree. The chatter's already picking up and that's a lot of fun the engagement's a lot of fun and of course we expect full and a strong competition going into the season welcome aboard glad to have you in the the peter elwood fantasy football league now you mentioned one thing that um you know that one week where you had to make that tough decision of do you start a full roster or do you drop key players and i think we're gonna have a lot more weeks like that this season um one (laughs) Possibly because of COVID issues of sure. players yeah. not not playing, which yeah. if they go in sheer floss or whatever they were doing over in Florida, right, right, exactly, exactly. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how we manage the uh, COVID, but not injury, not injured players. Um, but also, we added a flex position, or I added a flex position to the starting lineup this year. Did not add any extra bench spots. And yeah. that was intentional. I do like having a short bench so that there are good players on the waiver wire. And it creates those tough decisions because that's more fun for everyone in the lead to A, have to make those tough decisions, and B, when you need good players uh, to be able to find someone that is startable on the waiver wire. Um, so I think that'll create some challenges it'll be more fun to have more points for what will you know have higher point totals than we've ever had before because we've got an extra um starting player in, in the mm-hmm. lineup uh but i think there'll also be uh times where it can be hard to find a player on the waivers yeah. or it can be 
hard to drop a player because uh, you have to, but you don't want to. Yeah, this is an interesting twist, and I'm excited about it. There, I feel like, and and maybe it's just because you don't appreciate what you have, but I feel like more often than not, my push decisions have been a start sit in one area. Like I've got one player with a start sit. And I'll be curious if that's true this year because I have the flex option with the yep. additional roster spot. And I'm wondering, am I going to still go, ah, I wish I could play this guy, but I, I have to choose between one or two. Uh, I feel like that extra spot will make it so much more clear cut. And I wonder if our invented stat that we made up several years ago that we call the IVA, the ideal versus average, which is basically how many points you could have gotten had you played every position right this week. Yep. Uh, and I wonder if we're going to see that go down is simply because you have more option. So your difference between your ideal versus actual is going to be a little bit less extreme because you have less of a push on your start set decision. I wonder. I'll be very curious to compare the numbers that in the middle end of the season to see how the, the second flex plays off point-wise for our teams. Yeah, that will be interesting. I think I could go the other way on those start-sit decisions because I think a lot of times I end up with three or four players who are kind of about the same in terms of they're all projected to score like eight or nine points for the week or mm-hmm. you know whatever, whatever it is. They're kind of in that same range. And with the one flex, with the starting positions we've had before, I guess I've, I've kind of planned for that and so usually there's one of those guys that i like more and the other three is like oh they're all the same but i'm grateful i don't have to choose between them well now you may end up just pushing that tough start decision down to that second flex spot of oh man what do i do (laughs) who do i I choose and then it could be you know it could be even more agonizing you know like Derek had that one week where will fuller scored like 45 points or something like that on his bench bench. yeah it could be even more agonizing if you have a you're welcome Derek. in case in case you forgot about that we just yeah just swift kick to the nuts in case you you had recovered uh (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but now how much more agonizing would it be when you've got two flex spots and you still don't get the right player in there uh, and you lose because of it. So yeah, that's uh, true. I think, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and you know, we kind of lose a little bit of apples to apples season by season in that yeah. in the past, we've been able to look at our points for averages and total by the season week to week and, and draw some comparatives. This is a whole new ball game. That extra flex with the additional roster spot, it changes our game a little bit. And I'll be curious to deduce at the end of the season with a conversation with League and with you, hey, this is the impact. This is the overall positive. These were the negatives and these were the grays that could go either way Yeah, uh, and ultimately added flavor to the game. I'll be very curious. Yeah, I, th- I, think, it'll, I think it'll be more fun. And I think we're not going to put our historical stats up on a pedestal to where we never want to affect, you know, affect them and say oh no we can't compare to you know five years ago right. what what it's like to score 200 points now well you know the 200 is now 210 or whatever it is sure. and you know the, the previous elite high was i think 230 in a week and um we still may not even top that this year because that yeah. was just a you know that's a bonkers score um so but maybe we'll we'll, uh, we'll have more 200 point weeks and um i think it's more opportunity for uh, exciting games where you yeah. could really have some shootouts. I totally agree. I mean, and the game evolves. I mean, we have to evolve with it. We NFL was close to eliminating the PAT at one point recently. And I mean, there, there is constantly a, 
uh, a conversation going on of what rules can we add, tweak, etc., to uh, make this a more interesting, exciting, fun game. Yeah. And uh, I'm all for it. So I think this is a good decision. I'm excited about it. There was a little bit of controversy in the mechanism in which the uh, new rule was implemented, of course. And it can be difficult to to get anything done in a league of twelve opinionated men. But uh, I, I'm curious, Pete, how are you feeling as a commissioner going into the 2020 season? Now, granted, this is a tough season to be a leader in any any environment. <laughs> it is a, a heavy as the head we've always said, but in the COVID era in particular. So, Pete, how how goes your burden right now? How are you doing uh, ahead of the 2020 season that is already laced with? Uh, Political leaning, feeling, angst. Everybody's got an opinion and some kind of Facebook article to back it up one way or the other. How are you doing amongst the fray, staying above it? Uh, yeah, the the head is always heavy that wears the crown. Of but course. I feel like I feel like I've got a pretty firm grip on things <laughs> right now. <laughs> and uh, I think you know, just you know, getting older and just caring less uh, if other people are upset about something. You know, it's like, and, and plus, I warned everyone last year. Hey, we're adding a flex. If you don't vote for, if you don't, if you don't vote it in this year, we're adding it next year, and so that's what we did. It wasn't voted in last year, but it got added this year. So got added. Uh, Sounds so passive. <laughs> it, just, it just fell in. I don't know. <laughs> Phrasing is important. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Uh, and you know, I'm always open for proposed rule changes. Uh, you know, like I said this week, anything that is fair for everyone and adds fun, I'm all for it. So where do you fall on the ticker argument? What do you what do you think about tickers? I see part I'm again, you just said fair and more fun. Mm-hmm. Keeping the kicker is fun to me because it's a variable that you can't really control. I totally and, agree. And I feel like I feel like the argument to pull the kicker is to reduce variables that you don't control yes and and yes, i'm like exactly. i get that but i like having one and and i guess i guess with the defense you could argue that there's two but at the same time that is a the the dst like if if you look at my streaming record for defenses i think i have the best defense picks end over end season by season i think i think points for defense I, i'm gonna be up there Maybe it's really it's really hard. You say streaming, but you drafted the Patriots last year, and they were like the number <laughs> okay, three you're overall right. fantasy I, player for the to, first eight. To weeks, be so. fair, I drafted them with the intent to stream, and they just had a really good matchup <laughs> in the week one, and they came out and dominated. I was like, well, they're the best matchup week two too, so I'm just gonna roll this out, <laughs> let her ride. <laughs> But that being said, that, no, that's fair. I, I can't speak to your record of stream because you just picked the best defense in the draft and just rode them and till, held on tight <laughs> till the then, very end. Try, as, as the Patriots defense went, so went your season. Uh, <laughs> they pulled off a little bit towards the end, and so did your team. All right. Well, back to kickers then. So as <laughs> your your season doesn't rise and fall on a kicker, we can agree on this. But it it does add a variable that could make the difference. I mean, how many? I mean, Pete, you haven't. I, I don't know if you know this, but you haven't beat me in a while. And in our matchups. Have you checked that recently? I haven't noticed. The TNR Bowl has been one-sided for a little bit. Really? Yep. Mm. And the uh, the you have lost to me by shades. <laughs> like it, like it's been fun. It's been a tight competition. Yeah. And I think 
I think our second to last game that we played against each other was less than two points. If I remember right, it might have been less than one. Yeah. Like 1.5, somewhere in there. Uh, and, and a kicker makes a difference in that situation. And I, <laughs> I feel like that it isn't, because it, everybody spends a dollar. Nobody spends more than a buck on a kicker. And you're going to, you have to have the spot. So if you have the roster spot to fill, you got to give a dollar to it anyway. So you're not losing money on the position. The argument being it's such a variable that you could lose points on them. Yeah, but how often does a kicker really go negative? You may not go gangbusters, but very rarely are they missing multiple field goal opportunities, stinking it up, and then never getting another opportunity. It's very rare. It's such an extreme. What are you looking at? Are you looking at scores? Uh, yeah, I was looking at our, our history, and you're yeah. right. Yeah, you beat me twice last year by less than five points. Basically yeah. about like five points right combined yeah two, two <laughs> i mean i wasn't uh, trying to bring up the wound just for the heck of it like i feel like that wasn't really a necessary tidbit but it's really got me going down no, the rabbit trail the, of, the man point... really I, I haven't beat you in a while yeah i didn't beat you in uh 2018 right so now let's go back to 2017 <laughs> so I, I i'm sorry <laughs> first first podcast back on the season i'm not trying to, to to shoot flaming arrows at you I was trying to make uh, an argument. We, we've we've hit Derek. You've hit me. Oh. So we're just like, we're, we're doing great. <laughs> so I, I was trying to make a reasonable argument of. A cl- ah, I won in 2017. <laughs> <laughs> At a boy. <laughs> I was I was trying to make a reasonable argument as to why kickers matter, and in our case you and I have had less than five points and you could argue that a kicker swing is very commonly going to be within that margin of point victory or loss. Is that fair to say? I, I mean, it just depends because, you know, I think you remember the times where kicker is a disparity, but I think most <laughs> of the time <laughs> that's true. Cause it sucks to lose by a kicker. Or yeah. Like yeah. most of the time the, your kicker's going to score between what, like seven and 12 points. Like it's not sure. a huge, you know, the, the bell curve is, you know, 7 to 12 points is what you're going to get 96% of the time, right? But you remember those times like when Brock knocked me out of the playoffs two years ago because his sister scored 22 points. Yep. Like had seven field goals or something like that. Like just crazy. It's like you remember those times. And that's part of why it's fun because like that's a story I still tell with Brock is like, hey, remember when I had the best team ever and then Antonio Brown got hurt in the second quarter and didn't return and your kicker kicked seven field goals and so you won? Like, that's the stories that you want to have. Like Agreed. that's why you play the game that's is right. to have stories to share and, and joke about and tell. And yeah, kickers can be really annoying. But I think you're right. It's the argument to remove them is because it's like, Oh, I'm a really good fantasy football player. I shouldn't lose because of a kicker. There you go. But checks that, and checks and balances. But but like it's good to be able to tilt sometimes. Like you want to have opportunities where you can tilt. Like you want to have those, those, those variables that you can't control. This is reminding me of the legal issues in the daily fantasy when they're like, this is a game of skill. And they're like, no, this is a game of chance. And we're like, no, this is a game of skill. Like I'm good at this. Stop it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I'm, 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 I'm behind a few weeks. Okay. Granted, but, (laughs) but, but I, I could do this for a living. Like really. And, and of course the federal government is going, no, this is a game of chance. Therefore it's illegal gambling and blah, blah, blah. And I'm not making a political stance on, on that ruling by any means. I'm just saying that, 
the federal government has said this is a game of chance. I think that those that want to remove the kicker are trying to not make it as much a game of chance and tip the scale in the game of skill. Therefore, I understand the argument, but I personally like the chance element still being inside the game. Like it just adds something that is a heartbreaker on one side and a, and a, and a sweet victory. And it's like scoring in garbage time for the win with a dump over pass for two yards. And that puts you like, it's just, you can't control it. And yet it makes the game riveting. It, it means our group chat is alive and well on a Monday night football at nine 30 at night yeah. while the East coast game is, is revving up or whatever it is. Like it's just fun. And so I'm, I'm for it for fun. Cause I think like you said earlier, if the criteria is, Better matchups and more fun than kicker adds to that. Yeah, and yeah, I mean, I could also make an argument if you put me, if you put me on a debate team and told me to argue the yeah. other side, I could sure. like, very absolutely. Easily. Yeah, there is totally a valid argument on the other side, but yeah, for now, for now, well, I think it's yeah, and I it, I just made that argument the, for the, them. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same rules for everybody, right? That's right. So you you can choose to play or you can choose to go to a different lead, but guarantee you will never have another lead like this. So. Your choice. <laughs> That's right. I have yet, and, I've yet and to. And people are beating down the door to get in. That so is also right. I we, we we want everyone who's in to stay, but if you want to leave, yeah, yeah, we won't we won't. Uh, you're dead. Be to, for you're long. dead to us. But but, but that's it's fine. very true. Yeah, every, everyone who's ever left the lead, I've basically never talked to them again. <laughs> I mean, they, that's the writing on the wall. They 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 made that bed. They get to sleep in it. <laughs> so. so <laughs> <laughs> but I have yet to encounter another league that has a podcast. So, I mean, that in and of itself uh, yeah. is a, uh, a notch in our belt. All that to say, we can, yeah. we can sit here and, and, you know, stroke the ego all night long if we want to. And as we should, when we discussed, you know, the, uh, the recent push up challenge and its positive impact on our physiques uh, and you're looking very well, sir, we could, we could just float float compliments left and right all night long, but we've got fantasy football to talk about. So I feel like that's that's like only something that you and I know about in <laughs> in the lead here. Like I don't think anyone else knows that we're doing a push up challenge every day. Oh, anyone is welcome to join, but I, I feel like um, yeah, you're just uh, throwing that out there because you want to, uh, and why not? Like, I've, you know, I mean, I've earned it. Totally I, feel like, <laughs> I feel like I mean, we're, you know, talking about you know two thousand push ups a week. I, I feel like I get to brag about it. I don't know. What, yeah. what do you think? Yeah. I, I did 500 today. Yeah, well I feel done. pretty good. Well done. Uh, but we should we should get back to uh, football and things. <laughs> what did you think about the keeper selections? Yeah, this year? because we uh, got those locked last night. Yeah. Okay. And and they're all they're all over the map. They are. Like, there's all kinds of. There are bad players who are being kept. Yeah. There are great players being kept. There are high prices, low prices. Oh, I'll just say one thing. Overall, I feel like this is the least amount of value we've ever had there you go. from keeper selections in a season. You're right. I, th- I think our rule changes have affected that a lot. Now that we're you know two years into our new keeper rules with the escalating prices and that sort of stuff, so that has affected a lot. There's less value being kept than ever before because there are some people who are saying, I still want to keep my stud even though he's going to cost me a bunch. Sure. But I did. I, Back when I kept Le'Veon Bell for $48 and then he sat out the season uh, in 2018, <laughs> like that was crazy at the time because no one had ever kept a player that for was, that much. That was the season that you started the losing streak to me. I don't know if you correlated that, but like, neither here nor there. Go on. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell is dead to me. 
<laughs> but it was a, a kind of a jaw-dropping thing of like, why would you keep someone for $48? Sure. Especially when it's still at the season, but we didn't know that at the time. Anyway, it was a, it was a high price to pay for keepers. And now you've got three players being kept for more than $48 this season. Right. So um, we definitely got some higher prices. You know, the, the median uh, or the average keeper price is definitely up this year compared to prior years. So um, anyway, uh, that was a, a lot of my thoughts, but I want to hear your thoughts as well. I, I agree. I, I, I wouldn't say there was any jaw-dropping surprise inside any of this. Definitely some, some higher-priced uh, keepers in here. We're, we're pushing. Some of us are on our, our third string of ability to keep these guys based on the rules, so we're trying to milk them for what they're worth. Some of them are worth uh, saving. I mean, just even I'm trying not to give away some philosophy of draft in some of the comments that I want to make, but I want to please, please draw. <laughs> well, well, in that case, <laughs> thank you, good sir. Uh, uh, I I I'm looking at the value of running backs in our league over the past several years. We've talked about it at length in multiple podcasts. And I'm also looking at typical economy. Now, I was pretty uh, vocal this past week about the ESPN values being dramatically and wildly variable compared to other values of expert consensus. I still feel that way, and I'm looking forward to discuss it. If you were to ask me straight up, hey, were you just doing that to save eight or nine dollars on Alvin Kamara, I would be like, how dare you? And yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, at the same time, I, I do think my argument is valid in, in those things that we can address that. But the rabble rousing might have been to just see if we could swing some some savings. Uh, yeah. And uh, Chris Windsor had uh, texted me directly the exact same conversation that morning or the day before and that wasn't colluded by the way he he told no, me later but but you two had the two highest priced keepers <laughs> uh, affected by the rules. coincidence so you were the ones who cared right <laughs> right i thought i would gain a little traction by pointing out that your potential keeper which you ended up not keeping the those values actually save you money while costing me more i was like i've got him i've got him <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is funny because I, I never planned to keep Lamar Jackson, so I hadn't yeah. even really paid attention That's to what it, where, where ESPN had a value compared mm. to the, the expert rankings. Yeah. But I mean, that's probably all right. Let's let's save that. That's a can of worms for a different day. The the debate about the, those values. But um, one thing I thought interesting from the keepers this year was Charles keeping Ezekiel Elliott for yeah. sixty six dollars. Yeah, because. Like you could argue whether there's value there or not. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But I think most of all, it's Charles saying, not making the same mistake I did last year <laughs> when he, he kept Evan Ingram for, I think, zero. Uh, but it didn't really work out. So this year, Charles is saying, I am keeping a stud. A stud. I'm reserving him. Like I'm paying a premium to make don't sure that what, I don't, don't lose care what him. Is that's right. That, yeah, that's I'm right. Keeping a stud. And I don't, I don't know a world where you can make an argument where you save money. Uh, but. <laughs> I think you could make an argument that he was close to breaking even, maybe. I wouldn't want to be on that side of the argument, but you could probably write it out. I mean, that, that's probably about the price he would go for in the draft. Like, that's about, about the price he would yeah, go for. Yeah, I mean, well, see, well, it, with him, I think it depends on when he'd be nominated. It depends on the economy going into him being on the yeah. block. But, yeah. but yes, I, if he was right up out of the bat or maybe second or third, yes, I could see him going that much and that being the money that's drawn out early on. I will concede that. 
So let's do a rundown. If you don't have the uh, draft uh, keeper report in front of you, we'll, we'll give you uh, yep, a little quick, quick little overview here. Peter kept Ronald Jones for a big whopping $0. He's actually one of two $0 keepers, which arguably can be translated into big saving transfer for the sake of uh, picking up another slot player. But in Peter's case, he's not saving as much money, depending on your valuation of Ronald Jones, as uh, would typically be desired on a $1 or $2 player. Uh, In the past, we've seen some major whopping studs kept at a dollar that has transferred into maybe $60 of value or $40 of value. Uh, I'm curious, would you tell us what you value Ronald Jones at going before the draft? You don't have to. Uh, maybe like $6. Okay. Like not, not, a, not a huge value. Really, it was just, it's a, a player I'm mildly interested in and he's $0. Yep. So no, no harm done there. So my real uh, question then is this. Is, you did not feel like you had a keeper on your team worth keeping beyond just the toss of zero dollars. Lamar Jackson would have been the only one who w- would have been a viable keeper option for value. Other is Lamar Jackson. Well, yeah, Jones, like the, we the, just pointed out, you had the ESP yeah, and Jimmy rigged yeah. <laughs> values. Yeah, so yeah. it's like keep Lamar Jackson for fourteen or keep Ronald Jones for zero. I just felt like going into it, I would rather have the flexibility of my budget, and so I, I chose the zero dollar player. I'm with you. Yep, that's what I wanted to hear. But yeah, I, I, I had garbage keeper options, so. Well, I didn't necessarily want to hear that, but I, I thought it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So looking at uh, the remaining keepers, we have uh, Jared, who kept James Connor. I guess we need to start defining which yeah, Jared. Yeah, 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 yeah. Jared Lorenz at, at James Connor at nine. Brian, Chris Carson at 14. Brock kept Kenny Galladay because he couldn't keep his golden boy this year. He's run out of road. <laughs> so uh, $20 for Kenny. Charles, Zeke, 66 bucks. Up next, we have our new Jared, Jared Fleming, I believe it's pronounced. Devontae Parker, $0. Another $0 keeper matching Pete's. Y'all are the only two uh, coming in with that. And then Derek kept Kenyon Drake for 9 bucks. I'm, I'm excited about that one. Uh, I kept Alvin Kamara. Again, kind of. Hoping for a regression to the mean now. Brock and I had a conversation at length about Alvin last week. And my argument is that he has uh, picked back up. He, he lost a lot of traction last season compared to the year before. But he, especially in the last three, four weeks of the season, started getting the, the rock into the end zone more often, getting more touch opportunities for that. So I'm, I'm expecting a regression to the mean. I still think he has saved money on him. And maybe I'm in more of the... Uh, as much as I was knocking him a little bit more of the Charles philosophy of I'm reserving a keeper. Now, granted I did it for yep. less value, but I'm not a keeper, but a stud I'm reserving a stud. So yep. I'm okay with that. Aaron Jones was kept by Scott for 31 bucks. Michael kept AJ Brown. Uh, Chris Windsor kept Christian McCaffrey. And then <laughs> Chewy kept Austin Eckler for four bucks. Let's do best and worst. I'm curious, Pete. Who would you say made a really, really awesome decision that I don't know if it surprised you or not, but maybe was headed in that direction? And uh, who made a decision that was questionable in a way that concerned you? I think uh, Austin Eckler for $4 is probably my favorite uh, keeper selection here. I also like Kenyon Drake 
Um, but in terms of getting the most value from keepers, I think those two jump off the board for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Scott keeping Aaron Jones for 31 and Charles keeping Zeke for 66 are probably the lowest amount of value. Uh, you know, look, looking at these, probably the least amount of value uh, gotten out of those keepers. And then I'll just throw two other interesting ones out there, which would be James Conner and Chris Carson, mm-hmm. because they were both kept last year. Connor for zero and Carson for four last year. Yep. And this year they decided to be kept it in this time, Connor for nine and Carson for 14 because of our, our rules with the, the escalating keeper prices. Love so it. it was interesting because both of those guys were kept last year. And I think disappointed in terms of their overall production. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that they were kept again, even after disappointing seasons last year. That is interesting. Hmm. Well, I agree with you. I think that the, Bang for buck. Uh, Chewy got quite a bit of value. He might have uh, arguably the best value if you look at on paper, at least to what, I mean, nothing is objective, but the least subjective ratings, I guess, that is the consensus rankings of value, maybe fantasy pros, if you're into that kind of thing. Uh, he's, he's ranked as our highest value keeper, followed closely by Kenyon Drake. I think that Kenyon Drake and Derek, it's a great decision. I think that uh, for where Kenyon Drake will be playing uh, in Arizona, I think he's worth more. Uh, and that offense is, as well as his position in it. So I'm really excited about Derek's keeper this year. Uh, and then I think just on paper, uh, Charles will take the cake for least value. In fact, he might have been the only one objectively who was negative, uh, according to fantasy pros. Um, but if you're looking at that, I was on the line too, to tell you the truth, because Alvin Kamara uh, is a little bit lower valuation. That's not what he's going for. And if, if ESPN values, as is our theory, is going off of average draft dollar uh, in what's being reported, uh, according to what at least Chris Windsor and I are hypothesizing is the case, uh, he's going for in the 60s. But on paper, at least uh, it's kind of that his his – Triple A credit rating has been downgraded, hmm. and because and because of that, my uh, valuation uh, savings is a little bit lower. Yeah, but I think you can feel good about that. I I would have kept him as well if I were you, keeping Kamara there. I think my theory is he was hurt last season mm-hmm. um, for the whole year and just was never playing at a hundred percent. So I think we'll see him move back to something like his 2018 form yep. uh, early summer between 2018, 2019. So I think I'd you will happy. get, you, you will be happy um, with that. So uh, I think as a good keeper pick, you know, we'll, we'll see. He, he could be a guy who just gets hurt um, and maybe gets hurt again, but I think, I think it'll be better this year. So. All right. Well, with that keepers are locked as of yesterday, which was Wednesday evening. This is what people will be carrying into it. However, the uh, trade conversations are, open uh we can't make trades yet but they can we can at least talk about them i remember last year being a little chatter across keepers even ahead of the draft but we don't have a system that allows us to trade keeper or dollar ahead of the draft one day i'm i'm hopeful uh but uh chatter starts we've had some record trades immediately after the draft in the past where it was only a couple of hours until players were exchanged already on the block following the draft which is shocking to me i'm like why go to the market if you're just going <laughs> to come back and give away <laughs> give away all your all your rice and beans? I don't understand. But the uh, well, sometimes the market is selling only tight ends, and so you end up with two of them <laughs> that you don't want. 
man. Yeah. Jeez, quit getting so personal. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> like somebody's been playing what's the game? Animal Crossing. Everybody's an economic genius all of a sudden. Sell your turnips. Uh, so the uh, going into Saturday. Our keepers are locked, which means if you can do some quick calculations, you should be able to carry an inflation rate into the draft with you. And uh, arguably, that has not 100% effectiveness on in terms of the economy or draft, but it's certainly tractable and, and impactful on the valuation, especially uh, in the bell curve that is our draft. And I'll talk about that more here in a little bit uh, after doing some deep analysis of the 2018 and the 2019 economies of the draft which was fascinating to me uh boring to most but <laughs> we'll, we'll see we'll see how it goes but inside that um, values at the end of the day are subjective what you're willing to pay versus what i'm willing to pay um there is proof in the pudding but that pudding won't be i don't know forgive the analogy i gotta stick with it now that i'm in this late it won't be fully baked do you bake pudding <laughs> until uh, i'm gonna back out of the analogy Sometimes. yeah uh, sure. that, that uh, it won't come to fruition. There we go. Until the end of the season. Uh, and that's if you're looking at it for a dollar per point value, which is only good in hindsight. If you were to pull the, the war number on somebody and look at, okay, this is what I paid. Uh, and this is how many points I got. Uh, that is the variable of fantasy football. And so at this juncture, we are based uh, solely on what we believe this player is going to do or what this player has the potential to do. And because of that, uh, values are totally subjective. Now, granted, they are also incredibly uh, private in that uh, we could really wreck one another's drafts if we had inside information and scoop as to what you or I was willing to pay for a certain player and, and how badly we wanted them. And so it's a closely guarded secret going into the draft. That being said, that's what turns the draft into a poker game of sorts. And that's why we love the auction draft so much is because you bluff, you flaunt, you bid up, you price and force, you target, but you don't necessarily nominate uh, your targets or maybe you do. It's a, it's a game of cat and mini mouses and it's intense. And I will never forget, I think the, the best uh, kind of external indicator of just how fun and intense the auction draft, how much demand is on it when there's so much focus necessary and, and you just can't miss a beat, uh, was when we were meeting, I guess a couple of years ago at that cool, uh, legacy, uh, restaurant area. Yep. Uh, yep. and all those guys came up wanting to celebrate and get excited and essentially drink alongside us while they, while we were dra- uh, getting ready to draft. And, it was like five seconds till go time. And they're like, oh, yeah, and we started and nobody said a word. And we were all just dead silent, staring at our computers and, and not talking all of a sudden. Just the, the air in the room just got sucked out. And all of those other guys were like, uh, 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 like guys, you have no idea what's going on over here. Do you? <laughs> y'all, y'all anticipate a snake draft where somebody stands up and says, I take, you know, fill in the blank. Christian McCaffrey. Woo! Okay, and that's not what's happening here. So walk away, little boys. Walk, <laughs> walk away. This is a, this is where the big boys play. It's called the auction draft. Maybe you've heard of it. Yeah, I don't even know what guys you're talking about. Just totally blacked <laughs> out anything outside of. Our, you remember our that one of them was wearing the the pink unicorn hat and shirt because he lost the year before. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That's no. right. Yeah. 
I think we need to revisit the last place punishment for our league. Yeah, I think we gotta figure out what what that should look like, uh, and probably see if we can try to figure something out before the season starts. Maybe yeah. that can be a pre draft conversation. I think it's probably worthwhile, especially if we attach some some expectation of you can't quit the league before you pay the price either. <clears throat> right, Andy. <clears throat> okay. So with that, speaking of rules, are there any other new rules that have been implemented that you want to uh, make sure that we're all understanding ahead of the season? <laughs> what, you think I've implemented rules that I didn't tell you it's, about? It's entirely <laughs> I possible. I don't know. Somewhere in the world, Chris Windsor just went, yep. <laughs> uh, no, no other new rule changes updates to the <laughs> maximum just, just number to, of players. <laughs> Maximum number of players you can keep at each position with the added flex. Now you can, I don't know, you can keep double the potential starters at that position. So like now you can keep six tight ends or something like that on on your roster if yeah. you want to. Did you think much um, about so, that? I'm curious what your thinking was or logic was on that, or if it was just a, oh yeah, it's just the way it is. Because uh, I could. I, I think you should be allowed to have mostly whatever players you want to have on on your roster, mm-hmm. and so there there are limits there, so you can't. You know, take Board. all of yep. the running backs in the world, um, but uh, I think mostly you should have the freedom to have what players you want. Okay, yeah. No, I'm just curious is because I could see a world where a hard noser might say, "Nope, that flex is going to cost you a roster spot on your bench or something." Yeah, so it's like you keep. I think you have six tight ends, eight running backs, and ten wide receivers yeah. or something like that. Well, but we only have two hundred dollars, so that's kind of the the fun part about it for me is going. Okay, that that extra buck uh alters the uh draft just a little bit because now instead of yeah you're right in, yeah you got it 17 spots that's right so that's right yeah. interessante yeah. so maybe your zero dollar uh keeper is is just the magic bullet that is gonna <laughs> all part of the plan <laughs> well done sir <laughs> no i like i said i had a garbage keeper option so this is what i have yep all right well with that uh what kind of uh, advice do you have for the new guys coming into the draft and what kind of uh, encouragement as the commissioner or rather uh, this is your moment. This is your podium. This is your, your opportunity as the poet league commissioner now going on for, is this year 12? I think it is. I'm not sure, but I think all I would say is I will miss getting to hang out with everyone on the day of the draft. I will miss getting to golf and eat and drink together and, you know, have this, one day a year where we gather and celebrate how uh, special the fellowship and how special the lead is. But I am excited to gather everyone in a virtual room. And so I would encourage everyone, if you hear this before the draft, to get on early. And uh, we can uh, shoot the breeze a little bit before the draft. I'm going to get on an hour early, probably around noon. Yep. Uh, and we just hang out and talk and we can eat. I'll probably be eating something, but about them. So, yep. um, still try to uh, enjoy. I, I will probably definitely be doing push-ups yep. at some point yep. um, dur- during the draft or leading up to it. Um, so, yeah, I think just try to continue to, to celebrate the fellowship and enjoy it and participate and uh, you know lean in to uh, how much fun we can have because it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's right. Yep, I'm looking forward to the fellowship and uh, I've dare I say, kind of gotten used to Zoom to where it doesn't wear me out as much as it did for a while. And I can say, oh, I can have a good conversation and not really think twice about it anymore. 
Uh, yep. It's kind of weird that that's just such a new normal, but there it is. That being said, another new normal I can tell you about is that my job uh, as uh, somebody who would travel about 20 weeks a year uh, has <laughs> certainly been grounded, which has been weird. Uh, and especially during the summer when I knock out most of those weeks in a concentrated amount of time. But the uh, fall I'm looking at right now, I don't have any travel booked. And so uh, that's a weird spot for me. I can't guarantee that uh, I won't be busy with other things in COVID era. Who knows what tomorrow looks like. But I can say with a little bit more confidence than usual that the podcast regularity should be pretty solid this year. Uh, All right. If I'm not, right. if I'm not traveling week in, week out. Time will tell. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, the podcast is totally your labor of love. I'm just happy to get to be a part of it, show up and, and talk for a little bit. And hey, hopefully we can have everyone on as a guest at some point this season. So, some of, some people blackballed us last season and refused to join the podcast well, for fear of being jinxed. There was a little bit of a, a rumor going around that statistically was backed, but... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, empirically, when you look at it, cause and effect was clear, but maybe we should stop trying to talk to the hottest team in the league. You know, like that's usually what we try to do is like, hey, that was the yeah. hot team. We let's, talk to let's, them and, hey, we're going to go to the 12th place seat. <laughs> like, welcome, welcome aboard. You're in we dead. We should probably do that. You're before in dead last. Yeah. Before they're completely irrelevant, we should probably yeah. talk to them first. Yeah. So. Give them, we call it, you know, the, the, the pep talk with Pete. Like, hey, buddy, how you yeah. doing? How's, <laughs> how's things? <laughs> Okay, All, right. All right, losers first this year. Losers yeah. first. We'll do it to everybody. <laughs> Nobody wants that crown either. This is gonna be hard. We gotta go. Van- <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta go vanilla. <laughs> hey, please. <laughs> we just need to hire someone to do all of our booking. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. That'd be nice. All right. Well, last question of the evening, Pete. How is your wife feeling about the encroaching season and uh, the time that? husband will undoubtedly be giving over to it yeah probably dread yeah a strong word (laughs) (laughs) you know elaborate (laughs) uh yeah well i mean i probably won't actually end up watching that much football this year if i'm being honest i expect my weekends will be pretty busy as we are adventuring into the world of running a non-profit organization here in fristo that's pretty awesome and i think that'll take up a lot of time on the weekend so i probably won't be watching a lot of football but she does notice a significant increase in my time of looking at my phone and uh, checking things throughout the, the days mm-hmm. um, when football is going on. So uh, she uh, knows that she will have less of my attention uh, than, than normal on those days. So, yeah, she's not looking forward to that, but uh, she, she is happy for me to get, uh, die time and do, do things I enjoy. So okay. uh, mm-hmm. I am appreciative of that. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I I feel like I'm I'm again with the whole travel thing. I'm kind of in a, a unique posture right now because my wife is busier than she ever has been. Leading, she's the principal of an elementary school, and so you can imagine there's quite a bit of responsibility on her shoulders in in this season in particular, in any season, but this one especially. Uh, getting a, a virtual and online system set up, plus the in person as they roll back out. In addition to that, she is in her second semester of her doctoral studies right now, and so it won't be long, and you'll have the privilege of, of speaking weekly on a podcast with uh, Mr. Martin, husband of Dr. Martin. Thank you very much. I'm going to ride that out. 
uh and uh <laughs> another i just heard chris windsor again go yeah so <laughs> my uh, uh time in regards to that is actually benefited because she has a lot of studying to do and when she's not doing that she has a lot of work to do and she is glad for me to have little nooks of time away just to go do my own thing because it enables her to do her thing so this year it might be more encouraged than ever so well again we'll see i'm feel like, all right I feel like this era is kind of helping me out with fantasy football yeah happy for you yeah we'll see how it goes yeah, mm, yeah. not to rub that in <laughs> man i've just been a jerk tonight man just no no salt and wounds like it's my job <laughs> over here <laughs> all right well Pete, you're, in, you're, in, you're just in mid-season form. That's, that's what it is. Thanks for rocking the TNR shirt tonight. I'm saving mine for Saturday, of course. That's why I wore mine tonight, because I won't wear it on Saturday. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I respect that. I understand that. So uh, I'll be in true form in that. I'm also working on the playoff beard already. I don't know if you can tell, but yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I'm trying to crank that out. I see, see you're doing the same. Um, that's laziness. Yeah. Well, it's hard to tell a difference. Yours is pretty much at max right about there no no never seen it longer i don't i don't know <laughs> i don't i don't like it longer fair enough it can go longer <laughs> <laughs> i'm sure it can i'm sure it can buddy uh just just give me, give me a couple more days <laughs> all right well I, <laughs> I you can do anything you set your mind to buddy uh that's true for all of us here in the greatest fantasy football league in the world. This is its podcast. He's Peter Elwood. I'm Seth Martin. Thanks for tuning in. Good night. Jared, uh, is it, how do you pronounce his last name? It's Fleming. Fleming. I was thinking it was Ferenz. I was combining Jared Lorenz with Jared Fleming, and I was like, I don't know how to pronounce that. Fleming was pretty obvious. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Fleming? Are you sure? <laughs> Jared, Fle- Jared, Jared Fleming. Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> Brion, Jared, Jared Fleming. I'm sorry, Jared. I, I tried to be as polite as yeah. I could. This, this, will get it, this is going to make the blooper real, but nothing more. <laughs> <laughs> nothing more. I believe it's <laughs> Oh. Oh man. Oh. I really tried. I believe it's Fleming. <laughs> right. Really wish I had that sit in front of me. Uh, before we called that one out. Uh, really? It's not like Flamangelo or something? <laughs> oh.
that's the longest blooper we've ever had. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, uh, so unprofessional. Pull it together. <laughs> oh, hang on. <laughs>